Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Good to see everybody today. You happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. 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 Yeah, I tell you, I'm going to change things around. Put this out here where I can see it and put my notes on that. How would that be? Is that uh, okay with everyone? Okay. Amen. Amen. Good to be with you. Uh, uh, always thankful to have an opportunity to uh, preach your word. And uh, thankful for this church. Thankful for your pastor. And uh, for what he does. And he needs a vacation. Why don't you tell, this, tell you this? He needs a vacation. He works two jobs. Uh, this job here and the post office. And between the two, he doesn't get probably a day off during the week. So uh, I, I made sure, and I'm just going to say this just for you. You need to hear this. I made sure uh, that uh, we took, I took, tried to take a day off every week uh, when I was pastoring in chapel. Uh, but sometimes that just didn't happen. Uh, when you think about it, a pastor uh, works weekends for the most part. Because, you, you know, a good part of the day on Saturday is preparing, if not eight hours. You know, that wouldn't surprise me if Pastor Joe spent a full eight hours uh, preparing for Sunday. It's not just it's the preaching. you got to do that, but you got to get prayed up for the preaching. And you got to hear from God. And you also have to... Uh, uh, catch up on the things that the body needs for that week. It might be somebody that was sick. He may have to do his hospital calls on Saturday, but you know, then uh, occasionally you'll, you'll have something that comes up on a day you plan on taking off. And uh, so when, and you look at your holidays. Okay, so you have Easter. Well, Pastor Joe's working on and he's working the day after Easter. He's he's doing all those whether it's Memorial Day, Labor Day weekends that you that many of us have uh, those uh, extra days off. We've got that long weekend. Pastor Joe's at he's he's working at it, and so he may have the next day off. Like he may have the Monday off uh, off on, on Memorial Day. So he needs a vacation. Bless him on his vacation. And uh, make sure he takes it. And, and I don't know who the board is or how that's worked out, but, uh, you know, two, three weeks uh, and sometimes four as the years go on would not hurt him a bit. It would be a <laughs> blessing to him and a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. Okay. Just had to say that as a, as a pastor. That, that And for your family, that's the other part of it. And, uh, you know, I'm... I'm just saying this. Everybody needs time where you bond with your family. You have kids and, and so forth. And vacations, when different times you can't do that, depending on your job uh, and how, how things go. But a vacation is wonderful for that. And sometimes there's things that happen that cause stress on vacations. I can remember a few of those. But, you know, just those times where... You're doing it with just you and your kid. 
vital. And so I just bless Pastor Joe for all that he does. So thankful for him. Turn in your Bibles today to Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Uh, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. I want to read the first eight verses of Acts chapter uh, 1. And then I'll read the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. And I may fill in the blanks. I want you to, this whole chapter is kind of important here today. It's what happened, you know, over 2,000 years ago uh, with the apostles. And it was the birth of the church. Um, Pentecost Sunday was a couple weeks ago. I was preaching in another church. And, uh, maybe Pastor Joe talked about the Pentecost. Uh, did he? And so, but I'm going to hit it again because I love it. Um, I love the uh, Holy Spirit, what he does in our lives, what he wants to do in our lives. And so I'm going to give you another shot <laughs> this morning from the Word. Uh, stand with me to honor the word of the Lord. <coughs> Beginning in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former account I have made, Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach, till the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Just a quick note. Notice here that Jesus through the Holy Spirit. The works that Jesus did while he was on the earth, even after his resurrection, he did by virtue not of being the Son of God, but through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in his life. And so, it says until, uh, oh, here we go, uh, to whom he presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Then, uh, of course, uh, he tells them to wait. They go to the upper room, they wait 10 days, they pick Matthias as the uh, apostle to take uh, Judas's place. And 10 days pass, and I just briefly want to want us to think about that 10. What was that like? I'm not exactly sure. I don't think they were on their knees, you know, in an altar somewhere for 10 days straight. We might have the idea. No, they probably came and went. They, they I, may have been fasting. They, some of them may have had different fasts. They may have come and gone from that place. But the, much of the time, they, they were there 
seeking the face of, of God. And then, verse 1 of chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sit sitting. Then there appeared to them, uh -oh, there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now I want you to know in, uh, notice in verse 2, it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I want to talk to you this morning about a sound, the sound from heaven. And the Holy Spirit
capture our hearts and capture our lives. How do they come? How do you find them? Well, you know, you don't always know. You, you move in this direction a little in your mind, maybe, in your heart. You call out to the Lord. You seek the Lord for different things. Sometimes we, we, we want to hear, have direction for our lives. The Bible says in, in Romans 8, to as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. That includes ladies, too. You, did you know, ladies, that you're a son of God? You're, you're, uh, you're gender on this earth, you know, but you're seen as a son, which is a privileged position. Just like men, we get to be the bride of Christ. You know, feels a little awkward at times, <laughs> but it's a position that we have as, as, as one who is loved by Jesus. We, we are his bride. As his prized possession, we are his bride. Men and ladies. And, and the same thing is a, a position for the ladies. So as many as are led by the Spirit, you know, and, and it's a thing, you know, I, I want to say this right up front. I think we need to be careful that, that sometimes, and you've heard people say, thus saith the Lord. You know, you should do this for me. <laughs> uh, and and we, we use that sometimes. And, and I, I think there's a place for a prophetic word. I, I, I think there is. But how we give it is, I think, also important. Not as an assumption that this is a perfect thing that comes from God. This word right here. This word right here is God's word. It is foundational to our lives. We can count on it. We can trust in it. We can, uh, you know, we can bank on it. It is uh, the infallible word of faith and conduct. It is, it, it, it is perfect and it is authoritative. And so we can trust that. But there is the prophetic sense where God can speak through his people. He speaks through his people because he speaks to his people. Jesus said, this is the essence of that prophetic word. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. John 10. And they follow me and I know them. There's a relationship that goes on. And when it, you know, this is a, when, when Jesus speaks, how many have ever had the Lord? I, maybe it's been through his word, where something in his word has just popped out to you and said, that's God speaking to me. How many have ever had that experience? Well, it's a couple of you. Some of the rest of you just got, got to dig in there a little bit more. I, how many times I've had that experience? I cannot number. So many times it seems like whatever I'm reading in the scripture in the beginning of the day is it, just kind of a blueprint for you know something that's going on in my life. And God speaks helps me speak to it. Sometimes I'm not paying quite attention like I should. But a sound from heaven to hear his voice. See, this is his written word. And it can be used as his voice. But there's other ways he can lead us and speak to us that might not be included in this word. 
when something when he says something that that is um, different from this word, something that uh, is antithetical to this word, then you can trust that that's not the Lord. This word is how we learn to hear his voice. It's, you know, the more you read it, the more you hide it in your heart. Oh, yeah. Something happens. That sounds like what I read. Somebody says something. Oh, yeah. That could be the Lord speaking to me. That sounds like what I read in, 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 in the Word. So you, the Word is so vital, so foundational, and it is life-giving. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. And the more we align our hearts with the Word and our actions with the Word, you know, just the better things will be. But also, we will learn to hear his voice and hear him speaking to us and leading us. None of us is going to, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm 68 and I've been doing this, you know, uh, I've known the Lord since I was uh, 25. And uh, I'm still not perfect at hearing the voice of the Lord, but I can find my way a little better now than I could then. <laughs> I, can, I can get a little closer grip on what God is saying. And, and it's got better and better. In Proverbs, uh, the Bible says that the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more to the perfect day. Things get clearer. The, the voice gets stronger as you get closer to Him. And as the years go by, you, you know, and that bonding is more secure with the Lord, then it, it just gets better and clearer. The sound from heaven can be his voice. The sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind, is what happened as they waited up, upon the Lord. All of a sudden, on the day of Pentecost, a sound from heaven came. Something from heaven. See, there's, there's the prayer of Jesus that is being fulfilled. And the prayer that we pray often, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. See, we want something from heaven, don't we? We want the voice. We want the word. We, we, we want his presence. Science is the observation of things that happen on the earth. Theology is the study of God. You know what Christianity is? It's the experience of God. You can study God and not know God or experience Him. There's lots of people that do that. It's one thing to know, know about God. It's another thing to know God. Big distinction there. I know about a lot of people, but I don't know some famous people. I mean, that's just the way it is. But God calls us to experience Him. A sound from heaven. When we receive something from heaven, we get an experience with Him. My lovely wife, you know, we've been married. Oh boy, I better 
Is it 43 years in here? Is that right? So, and she, uh, she was, came in late, just so you know, uh, she's been at her sister's, which is about three and a half, four hours away, she just got back, so we've just seen each other for the first time since Thursday. But in our relationship, you know, we've got to know each other better as the years go by. Communications, still a struggle. Because I'm, I can't hear like I used to. <laughs> and neither can she, which she doesn't admit though. <laughs> We're still working on things, but things are better. Things are closer. The, 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 the relationship is stronger. The give and take is better. And, and that is a picture of our relationship with the Lord. It's the picture he gives, the, the, the bride of Christ. There is an intimacy that grows in your relationship from the, with the Lord. But it depends on how much you get from heaven. How much comes down? How much you're reaching in? That depends on how much you call out. How much you seek. Those that seek, find. Those that knock, the door is open. Those that ask, receive. Isn't that the promise of the Lord? That's why the disciples spent 10 days. We're just going to set aside 10 days. We're going to take this vacation. Now, not all of us can do things like that, but all of us can take a 10-day period and say, during that 10-day period, I'm going to spend a little more time praying. I'm going to spend a Saturday where I take two or three hours seeking the Lord. I'm, I'm going to get into God's Word a little bit more during that time. And there's all kinds of ways. Everybody's life has different patterns and different timings, but there's ways to make prayer. You know, you might have to get up early in the morning. You just can't spend uh, a half an hour seeking the face of the Lord before you go to work, but maybe you can spend just a couple minutes to crack open the Word and, and, and be off and on your way driving, you can spend, turn off the radio. Sometimes Christian music and praise is great, but sometimes just turn off the radio and, and allow God to speak to you. You can find some time, maybe when you're puttering out in the garage, Say, I'm not just going to putter, but I'm going to praise. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to sing some songs to the Lord. I'm talking about men's thing. What do ladies do? Doing the dishes. I've been doing dishes the last three days. You can't believe the dishes I've been doing. And that's the time to praise the Lord. That's the time to pray. That's the time to seek His face. That's a time to ask him for something from heaven. Because the things you get from heaven are the things that will last your lifetime. There are sounds from heaven. There are sights from heaven. The Bible talks about all kinds of sights from heaven. Remember Isaiah? He was seeking the Lord. And he caught up before the throne of God. And he saw the cherubim before the throne of God. Each one crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Have we missed that earth being filled with His glory? He saw this wonderful, He saw the Lord high and lifted.
lifted up and his train filled the temple. And he said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. In the midst of a people of unclean lips. God from his throne said to Isaiah, Who will go for me? I have a message for the nation of Israel. Who will go? And Isaiah said, I will go. And he took a coal from the altar, put it upon the lips of Isaiah, and anointed him. He cleansed his lips. A sight. There are sights. I have seen things that come. Many of you probably have seen things. God do things. <coughs>
and God just did things. And uh, so Judy and I went. I didn't know really what was going on, other than they were having these services, you know. And uh, so we went, and we were. They had lines outside this church. Can you imagine this? They had lines that were over a block long, waiting, and people would put up tents to get in line, starting at 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, so they could get a seat. Now, we could go in at 5. You know, we were able to, they, they had a sign, because I was a part of this class, our group could go in early, you know. So Later, we came back, I wasn't a part of a group, we stood in lines. We came back, I, I've been here uh, three or four times. But, so, anyway, we went there. I don't want to tell you the whole story. I, I just want to share with you that we, we went, Judy and I, uh, after the Friday night service, we came back. We didn't sleep well, either one of us, because we were, God was dealing with us. About 5 o'clock at morning, we were both talking to each other and, and saying, I said, honey, i got to repent. There's some things that I've been doing. I've been watching too much TV. I think I've got a lot of pride in my life. I've got to deal with, you know, a certain amount of lust in my life. And um, she said, I have to do that too. I said, you're kidding. <laughs> I had no idea. So she shared some things that she, she had to repent of. We went back the next night. In the meantime, God is moving on people in incredible ways. Uh, many people falling out of the spirit, many people being healed, and, and just people being saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. All kinds of things are happening, uh, uh, all kinds of manifestations of, 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 that have happened in revivals since the beginning, like this. This is an outpouring of God's Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And the manifestation was that speaking in tongues and that Peter didn't have been preaching for So, anyway, uh, we go, and those things weren't happening to us. They just weren't happening to us, you know. And that was okay, but I had such a hunger. I'll tell you one thing that did happen to me. They, there was a seminar with a guy by the night, Mike Brown. And, he, you know, I don't want to go into all who he is, but he just talked, told stories of the Bible during the seminar. I said, oh, God, I want you to move. And so we both went forward and, and just put, you know, just laid down with our faces down on the floor in seeking God in prayer. And both of us were just weeping before God, asking him to, to work in our lives, asking him to bring revival to our church, asking him to, to, to move by his spirit. And uh, after there was the seminar, and then probably, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours later, and we're there the whole time, just like that. They're flipping on the lights, and, and somebody comes over the loudspeaker, you have to get up and go because that, that place was filled with people doing the same thing that we were. And so you have to get up and go. We've got to get ready for the evening service. We went up. Uh, we left. Went and got dinner. Came back. Each service, 
in the evening would start about 7 o'clock and the service itself would probably end about 11 and then you would be there praying or doing whatever until 1, 2, and you, you look at you watch, I can't believe what time it is. What happened to the time? I want to tell you what happened to the time the presence of God came down so strong. Heaven came down. And in heaven, time doesn't work like it works on earth. It just would go like that. We left on Sunday and we traveled home. We had some friends in Alabama. All uh, six of us stopped in Alabama. They had been at the church, our church before Chapel on the Hill. And so we were there and 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 she fellowship for a while, told about our experiences, you know, and I, I said to uh, Debbie, she says, well, I said, well, not a lot happened to me, but I just want, I just want God to move so deeply in my life. And not knowing what I'm saying, I, uh, so we, uh, before we left, we began to pray. We all prayed together. And we're just seeking God. People were praying different things. And one of the uh, ladies had a word. And she said, the wind, I feel God is saying, the wind is blowing the trees. And it goes before you. It goes before you. I, we left and drove home from there. It was another 17 hours something. I drove pretty much most of the way. Judy drove some, I think. But it was the whole time, it was just like Jesus sitting next to you, speaking to me. When we got back, there was a ministers meeting at our church. Uh, the section of the ministers uh, were at our church. I had my new pastor uh, do the hosting of that for me. And uh, we met. Uh, then just as they were leaving there was a, uh, a brother by the name of Will Boyd later his son became my youth pastor but he, uh, and, and Will had, uh, had shown some tapes of the Brownsville Bible at his church and he said oh God did this and I said oh Will let's pray we were, we were standing in, in a split level entry and there was panic hardware right next to us. I said, God, I want, well, I want God to move so bad in my life, this church. Uh, let's just pray together. So we started praying. A lot of people were shaking down at the Browns Room Bible. You know, there would just be these different manifestations of the Spirit of God working in their lives. And a lot of people falling out. It, it wasn't like some of the crusades, though. I don't want, it wasn't like you see a different, I won't mention names, but it was different. It was that kind of experience that you uh, have or that you see in the Bible where the priest, when uh, the glory came down upon the temple and, and, and us, the priest could not minister uh, 
because they were under the power of God. We're praying. And all of a sudden, I begin to shake. And I've never felt anything like this before. And I began to shake, and I could not stand up. I, I, and it wasn't like, oh, just go down. I wasn't going down unless somebody put me down. <laughs> and this shaking came on me, and I was trying to stay up so bad that I fell back against the, the doors and the panic hardware. I was holding the panic hardware till as long as I could until I fell down. We started having prayer meetings Tuesday mornings. That was a Monday, the next Tuesday. They had a, a small prayer meeting, uh, and I generally didn't go to it. We, I said, I'm going, and I let them know. We started having these prayer meetings. They started at 9 o'clock in the morning. They would end at 12 or 1. That's when we would leave. Some people would go early and went. But we just into that. Then Wednesday nights we had service. And then... Uh, on Saturday night, we had another prayer service. We started that week. And then Sunday morning, we uh, uh, had our first service since we'd been to the revival. The youth had just got back. This was the Sunday after Easter. The youth had just got back from a uh, youth convention. And they, God had been moving on them. I said to some of the boys, we had old wooden cues, and they they were this far from 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 the altar. So if people came up to the altar, you couldn't get in to hardly pray. You know, there was just space enough, but there wasn't that big a need. It's just one or two people would come on a Sunday, maybe to give their hearts to the Lord or some other need to be prayed for. And uh, I said to one of those Matt, he was like. 300 pounds and about six foot six, you know, and he's a big guy. I said, get some of you guys, and when I give you the word, take that front, take those front pews and carry them out of the church. <laughs> and they, and I gave him the word. I said, you know, I heard there was a move of God at, at youth convention. I want you to know, I'm all for it. And I gave them what they went up. Anyway, I, we shared our testimonies what God did in our life. We had four or five people saved that, that morning. We had people filled with the Spirit that day. We had four or five people filled with the Spirit. We had a guy come off the interstate and, and come into the, the church, gave his heart to the Lord. We had all kinds of people. When, when I came, when I said, if you want to come forward and pray, we had people running to the altar. We got out of, we're done with that service at 2 o'clock. It started at 10.30. I didn't leave the building. I was leaving the building about 4 to go back home for a little bit before we come back at 6.30 for our evening service. One of the ladies came in. She says, Pastor, what happened? Why are you still here? <laughs> she knew that God had done something. During that spring, we had... 120, 30 people give their lives to Christ. 
just one right after a lot of people that came from other churches, some people that came from this area right here, Greenberg, gave, uh, came to our church. We'd have service on Sunday morning, or um, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then we'd have, sometimes we did fellowship groups. Uh, we'd have that prayer service for several hours on Tuesday morning. Uh, most of the guys that were working, you know, we had more ladies that weren't working back then, but uh, that prayer meeting, that went on for, uh, oh, 10 years or so. Uh, we did that maybe, maybe 15. But then we had, uh, we started doing Friday night fires. We'd have our Wednesday morning thing where we did things with kids and we had prayer meeting. And, and then Friday night, we had Friday night fires. Saturday night, we, we would... Uh, have a, a, another prayer meeting. It, it sounds like a lot of church, doesn't it? But when, you, when, when you're hungry for God and when you're seeking God, the more you get, the better. You just want more because there's always more of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I've come here to tell you today. When you get something from heaven, you can't get enough of things from heaven. Whether you hear them, whether you see them, whether your heart becomes full with them. Some people say you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I say you're no, so earthly minded, you're no heavenly good. People started sharing and you, you never, uh, people uh, were uh, being healed. We had probably more people, one of our ladies had a vision from the Lord during one of our prayer meetings and, and no, I had the vision. I forgot. She had the interpretation. I had this vision. I, I saw a jewelry box or a, a seashell. It was one of those compact shells. And, and it, it was just a shell in the beginning. And then all of a sudden it began to unravel. And then there was like the, the, the face of the Lord. And out of the, as it unraveled, out of the shell, bottom of the shell, uh, came all these beautiful jewels and then it, then it was like the Lord opening up his arms like this and all these beautiful jewels and gems came in and filled this jewelry box and I shared this during this one of these prayer meetings and uh, Debbie Matthews maybe some of you know Debbie um, she called me about it day and a half later. She said, I have an interpretation. The seashell is one of those treasures, a child's treasure that you find by the seashore that picks up. And so there's a treasure. And, and as it became the Lord, he is our treasure. And he gives gifts to his people and he fills his church with these gifts. And so we had started having more of those gifts that talks about 1 Corinthians 13, more of the gifts that talks about later in this chapter where people would see visions, people uh, have different experiences. All of these things would, you know, began to come because the Holy Spirit had come down in such an unusual, powerful way. We had moves of God that started at, at the uh, Christian school right up here because we had some of our kids and, and they had an experience with the Lord 
and they began to share their testimony, and their chapel service turned into a, a, a prayer meeting, and, they, and all the kids came forward and began seeking God and praying. They just repented. They told their experience of how they repented of their sins and how they, uh, God had dealt with them and worked in their hearts. Oh, goodness, I'm sorry. Time. Time. Somebody said, we're not in heaven yet, future. <laughs> I didn't. I was planning on not to go here. I was. I had the, uh, the young man probably has my notes up there. Experience when when Holy Spirit begins to work. Remember this. He, he convicts. He convicts us of truth. In other words, he convinces us of truth. He convinces us of truth about our own lives that we have to respond to. I haven't been perfect since the problem over the Bible. I thought I was going to be for a long time <laughs> because God was really moving in me. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way things go, you know. But I've had to repair since. But this is what Holy Spirit does. This how you get it. So, he, he, when he comes, he, he convinces us of truth. He convinces us of, of our sins, things that need changed in our lives. Holy Spirit, that's what he did when Peter got up and preached. He'd already had this experience in his own life. He'd already made the changes, and Holy Spirit came upon him. Now, then he had to preach to 3,000 people, and he convinced them that they were the ones that crucified Jesus. And then the rip happened. At least the, the ones in the crowd that got saved. And so, as a, before you're a Christian, you need to come to Jesus. You just need to lay it all down. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about your sin because those are the things that are damn, the devil uses that damage your life. And then, Holy Spirit empowers us. He empowers us. That's what he said. Jesus said to the disciples, Carry in Jerusalem to you be endued with power from on high. I believe uh, there is an evidence of the Holy Spirit. The disciples were already saved. They were they, This wasn't their salvation experience. They'd been saved. They walked with Jesus for three and a half years. And they were true to him. And uh, Jesus had died and, and rose again. But they received a new empowerment. And that's what Jesus told them to wait for. And I just have a question. And what was that empowerment for? Was it to uh, feel real good and, and get a lot of fuzzies in your emotions and different things like that? Well, God wants you to feel good. But at the same time, it wasn't for that. It was to witness, to share our faith. I remember when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the, the next day, I led three people to the Lord. Just walking, I was in college, and it was easy to talk to people. But before that time, before I, I got filled with the Spirit, I, you know, people, you know, if I talked to them about God, it would always be the man upstairs, you know, the good Lord. 
You know who it was when I got baptized? Have you ever tried Jesus? Jesus. The power to say that name just as it is. Jesus. It's a, it's a life-changing name. And when you learn to say it, and you learn to use it, there is power in that name. Power to break the chains that are in people's lives. Power to break the oppression of the enemy. And the very next day, I, I led three people to the Lord. And it doesn't happen for everybody like that, but there's an empowerment. And then, see, there's the gift of the Holy Spirit, Him coming into your life, and... and there should be some kind of evidence. I believe that the first evidence of that is speaking in tongues, but other things can, can happen. But that's not an end-all experience. When Holy Spirit, it's just the beginning. You're just getting started. Because the Holy Spirit experience is an ongoing, dynamic experience. An experience where different things happen. Sometimes you feel like shouting. Sometimes you lift your hands and say, Glory! So, uh, and because of what God, you could be in your kitchen. You don't have to be in church for that. And, and, and other times, oh, there's this stillness that will come. The stillness. We had a revival one year in our uh, church. We had a preacher come in, and at the end of the one service, I'll never forget. For about a space of two hours, people just sat there. After about an hour, one or two people left. They just sat there. And it was stone cold silent. That's unusual for Pentecostal churches. <laughs> but that's the way it was. It was unusual for us. God can do all kinds of things. Because of the presence of God and the power of God. But there's all these ongoing Dynamic, where God does so many things. He speaks. He gives gifts. He heals. He can do miraculous things. Every day may not be that, but many days can be. What are you praying for? What are you seeking? Where are you in the Lord? What is your experience? Spirit. See, so much of the church has forgotten about the Holy Spirit or doesn't want to deal with it. Because, <laughs> you know, when the Holy Spirit gets to move, there's a certain amount of control that's left. Lost. A sound from heaven. Could we just could we just take a few moments at the end of the service and just begin to ask him? I don't know what's going on in your life. But I know this. You need something from heaven. No matter who you are, I need something from heaven. I was asking God, realizing just in a fresh way this morning, God, I can't. I'm not in and out of myself.
know, I'm just going to stay around the altar here today. If you would like somebody to pray with you, I, uh, Judy can come and help me. Uh, Rob, other uh, ones in the church can pray with people. But I want to open the altars. So at any time during, at the beginning now, if you just want to come up here and just say, I just... I need more of God. Just begin to seek Him. You can kneel. You can stand. Uh, however you're comfortable. But just let's all just, if we can just raise our hands up a little. Holding your heart in your hand. Just, just holding your heart. Holding your hands out with your heart open to the Lord. Ask Him. Let your fullness dwell in us. 
Lead us by your Spirit. Lead us, Holy Spirit, this day and every day, God. Let your righteousness, your peace, your joy fill your people. And Lord, when they seek you, let them find you. Let them find you, God. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.